0: Welcome to our Frontline City Church Podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. And touch each one of us with a changed life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for making me embarrassed on my birthday. Thank you for what you did. I appreciate it, and I love you guys lots. And uh, yeah, that was really special. Oh, praise God, praise God. We've all gone through hard times at times, and we've all faced things that has been harder than what we thought we could handle. And this week is always a time for me that I remember... One of my friends that committed suicide and the pain around there. So I want to talk to us, and it's really real for me, about any of us that have gone through pain, any of us that have gone through loss, even death, that in the family or close member, that anyone that have gone through loss, um, that God has got us, anyone that have in a way, missed what God wanted to do in their life. And that feels that, I know God was on a way somewhere, but I'm not seeing it right now. I know God said something, but now I seem to be off track. We did a sermon the other day on distractions, and this is, in a way, a continuation of that. Because sometimes, loss is a distraction. Sometimes, hard times is a distraction. So I'm going to start with David. Now in the Old Testament, often loss was associated with sin. Loss was associated with mess up. In the New Testament, it's different. We don't necessarily pay for our sins in the same way because Jesus paid for us. Because Jesus has already dealt with our mistakes. So I'm focusing on the lost part, not on the part where it was So in 2 Samuel 12 and verse 13, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to the Lord, The Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child whom you born shall surely die. And then Nathan departed. And then the child got very ill. And we know that Uh, David fasted and prayed in verse 16. David pleaded with God for the child and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him and tried to raise him from the ground, but he wouldn't. Have you ever been so in trouble or so grieved or so desperate that you are inconsolable? That doesn't matter what people do, you feel they don't understand. They haven't gone through what you've gone through. They don't understand your situation. I've often tried to reach somebody in grief or somebody in trouble, but it seems like your words just bounce back because it's empty words. It doesn't necessarily get through to what they are going through. And this is what happened. The elders and David's servants were trying to console him, but they couldn't get through to him. Then on the seventh day, it came to pass that the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him. And he wouldn't heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do us some harm. And and I understand that process where somebody is grieving so badly that you're even scared to tell them about how bad it is. You're even scared of telling them. But um, in verse 19, when David saw that his children, his servants were whispering, David perceived the child was dead. Therefore David said to the servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. And at this moment, I just want to again say, and I pray for somebody just now that had real loss, and I know, so my heart goes out to people who's heard those words, He's dead. When something is over, It is done, and there's just no way of reviving it. My heart goes out to people that have lost somebody, and especially people that have lost a child like David did. So David arose from the ground, washed, and anointed himself. Here is a recipe of how to do your comeback. How to do when everything has gone wrong and nothing has worked the way you thought it was going to work. He arose. So people... Lie down, they don't want to get up, they don't want to get involved. He washed and anointed himself. There's a, show, a saying, said just get up and show up. He washed and anointed himself, and he changed his clothes. He wasn't wearing martyr clothes anymore. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. People run away from God when they are in their most desperate times. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, people run away from God when God is the place that you're supposed to run to but in David's grief he got up, he washed and anointed himself and then he went to worship he went to God, he went to the house of the Lord how many people have I known that when they go through tough times they don't come back to church God didn't answer my prayer God didn't do what I expected him to do then you forget about what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. And he went to his own house when he requested. They set food before him and he ate. So get up, dress up, get into the worship and eat something. Don't stay away from the basic practicalities of life when you are in trouble. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. So she bore a son. And he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him and he sent word to the hand of Nathan the prophet. And Nathan called him Jedidiah because of the Lord. So what I want to say that there's always a comeback. There's always a new thing. David was a murderer and a fornicator. And God had a comeback for him. God had a new thing for him. There's always a Solomon coming. There's always a Jediah coming because it doesn't matter what you go through, God is not finished. God has got another chapter. God has got something new. So Solomon means man of peace. Jediah means beloved by God. Oh, So after David's distraction, there was a comeback. There was a refreshment. Solomon became... One of the greatest kings ever for Israel. Even though he came after a great trouble. Even though he came after a time when David thought there was no hope. When David laid down and said, I don't know what God is going to do. And I don't know how God's going to do it. God still had a comeback for David lined up. And so God has a comeback laid up for each of us. Doesn't matter where we've been or how bad things have got, God has got another plan for you. And if you have had loss more than what you can imagine, I want to tell you, God has got a comeback for you. Another person that got distracted that I mentioned in my distraction sermon was Samson. So let's read a little bit about the story. And we've all heard of it most probably since childhood. It was one of the favorite stories of children's church. But let's look at it a little bit deeper today. Verse uh, Chapter 13, verse 2. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. And the angel of the Lord appeared and said to her, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. So here she is in her trouble, in her time of not getting done what she has once done, and the Bible and the prophet acknowledges where she is. But it says there's a change coming. So some of us are childless, some of us are spouseless or jobless or homeless, but hear the Spirit of the Lord today. I'm going to show you a clip now. And in its own strength, this plane cannot take off. By its design, its load is too heavy, but something happens that makes it able to fly. Can we run the video there? Okay, that looks fairly normal. But that plane can't take off. It's too heavy. (laughs) Did you see what happened there? Halfway down the runway, a rocket assisted it to take off. That when it was overloaded and it was carrying a load too heavy for its propellers to lift it up, halfway down the runway, God gets involved and the jet engine starts. And I believe in the same thing in your life. That under your own strength, you're going to get to a certain point. But when you think that there's not enough to take off, God is going to get involved and give you that kick up the backside that you need to make you take off beyond what you can have. And that's exactly what happened to Samson's mom. She had been trying in her own strength for how long to have children, done everything that she knew how to. And then the prophet came and spoke and said, I know you are childless. I know you don't have what you've been asking for, but God has heard your prayer And it's now different. Let's jump to verse 4. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, that you do not eat anything unclean. Verse 5. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because this boy is going to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So before he's even born the prophetic word starts flowing that God's got a plan for him. We've often said in this church that the miracle is in the instruction. And here's a very clear instruction. He is never supposed to cut his hair. Simple instruction. I think Daniel heard that same word. (laughs) Um, He hears this before he's born saying, you are going to lead and deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines because at that time the Philistines were ruling over the Israelites and making their life very difficult. And God takes a childless mother and says to her, You are going to have a child that is going to change the situation. You are going to have a child that carries an anointing to do something very specific in the kingdom of god and many of you have got words like that that has been hanging over you since before you were born or for since the day you became a child of god or since very long time ago god has spoken and you've heard the word but what about the instruction maybe go back and look what is the instruction in the promise so there's this promise he will deliver the children from Israel, from the Philistines. Verse 24. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson, and he grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. I want to remind everyone today of the Spirit of the Lord that has been stirring in your life. It's been there, but you put it to side. It's been there. But you run after something else. And this is exactly what happened to Samson. God started stirring inside of him. But through three different women, he got distracted every time. The love of women was for him more important than that stirring of what the Spirit has done. It was there and it kept on keeping him off the place. Uh, Chapter 14, I'm skipping something because the story is just too long. Um, But Samson went down Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. He was looking in the very place where he was supposed to deliver them from. He was looking for his alliance. And there was trouble in that situation. And um, we know the story that, all three of these women that he was involved in always tried to find out what was the thing that holds the key to his strength. What was the key that made him so powerful that he could take on a thousand uh, Philistines alone and win the battle? What was the thing that made that happen? And they were always trying to find it. And I'm not going to read all of that because it just takes too much time. We know that when they try to tie him up, And get him. he tied some foxes together and put a a torch in their tail and set all the fields of the Philistines on fire. We know that they tied him up with ropes, different types of ropes that he described to them. And every time he could break the ropes off and even run with the doors of their city onto the hill because the power of God was operating in his life again and again and again. And they were consistently trying to find out What is the power? So eventually he's with, um, let's first read chapter 15. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. And he led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistine. So before he met Delilah, He started stepping into his ministry and led for 20 years as what they call a judge at the time. And he led Israel to victory time and time again. And there was relative peace. And then again a woman comes on the scene for the third time. (laughs) Okay. Verse 4. Sometime later he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Delilah. And the rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so that we may tie him up and subdue him. And they said, they'll pay us some money for that. Satan is all the time trying to say, what can I do to bind up the callings that is on Christians? And he uses all kinds of stuff. He doesn't only use women, okay? But he uses (laughs) all the time something. How can I distract you? How can I make you give up what is your birthright? How can I make you get involved with something different? And um, we know that he shared the secret eventually with her. And um, then when she had told him everything, he came and they shaved off his head while he was sleeping. And in verse twenty and uh, verse nineteen, shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so he began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Sometimes you feel like your calling has left you, your function has left you, your ministry has left you, because of mistakes, possibly because of distractions, or just simply because of life. But there's still a, something's going to change, and they came. And they seized him, in verse 21, and they gouged out his eyes and took him to Gaza, bounding him with bronze shackles. And they set him to grinding grain in the prison. So here was somebody that was called to lead the Israelites, doing the work of a donkey. Walking round and round, blind, weak, no ministry, no calling, no anything, and he is left there. And I think some Christians has been there that they just, they've tried their best. But now Satan's got them in a hold and there's no way out. There's no plan. There's no way of breaking. And we think it's the end of the story. We think it's finished. And um, verse 22. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. I want to tell you that sometimes in your darkest days, sometimes in the days that you are the furthest away from what you believe God has called you to, there's a growback. Before your comeback, there's a growback. It's nearly imperceptible. You can't even see it happening because it's growing little bit by little bit. But God is busy Even while he's walking around, and he's pushing the big wheel, and he's just walking in circles. And some of you feel like you've been walking in circles. Some of us have gone around the same bush so many times that there's just nothing else that we see anymore. But something is happening. Something is going. It doesn't happen overnight necessarily. It's not just a quick prayer. It's not just everything suddenly falls into place. But God is busy working. And I want to tell you people, God is busy working in your situation. In the midst of your loss. In the midst of your pain. In the midst of your disappointments. In the midst of your distractions. God is busy working. God has laid this word of Samson on my heart. And then I even heard it got preached in some of the home cells. So God is really bringing this word out and saying, I am doing something imperceptible in the midst of your difficulty, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your loss, I'm doing something. And we know that there came a day that the Philistine got 3,000 men together and they wanted to put him on display. Oh, Satan loves putting your failures on display. Satan loves making a mockery of the men and women of God. They want to put him on display. And say, uh, Samson prays in verse 28. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. Oh, Shendara Nakashokombo. And we know he leaned against the pillars and he pulled with all of his might and he made the building collapse on all 3,000 people. He took out more Philistines in that one day than what he did in all of his life. And as modern Christians that like a nice story, we don't like the fact that he died. We wanted him to walk out and become king again and God to restore his eyes and all of that. But this is a picture of putting your calling above everything else. You see, it's not only about your comfort. It's not only about your victory. It is about God's plan. And he stood there and he said, even if I die, I'm going to take out people today. I'm going to do that which is harming the body of Christ. I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to take out that which is stopping others from fulfilling their destiny, even if it costs me everything. And sometimes we actually have to go through a time of pain so that we can lay our lives down. We actually have to go through a time of things not working, of being stuck in a prison, so that we can come to that place where you say, God, I'm nothing and I am nothing. It's all about you. So I want to just say, there's always a grow back before there's a comeback. Oh, Shendaranaka, Lord God, allow each of us, any one of us that have been through any kind of pain, that have been through any kind of disappointment, that have been through any heart-wrenching pain, Lord God, let there be a grow back, let there be a comeback. Then I want to, take to the, touch on the story of Peter. It's that's uh, starting in uh, Matthew 16. Simon Peter answered and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." So he had a true revelation of who God is. He's walked into his calling. He's been a disciple. He's been faithful. And Jesus answered and said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you." but my Father who is in heaven. So he has a revelation of who God is. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Verse 31 of Luke 22 is that same discussion. And the Lord said to Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I want to tell you before you mess up, before you get stuck, before the trouble comes, God is already talking about your comeback. Let's just read that again. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned, He's speaking about it in the past tense because to him it's already happened. God is talking about your trouble in the past tense. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And this is the ultimate picture of a comeback. When you can start helping others again. So let's carry on the, the story. But he said to them, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. I sometimes joke and I say, if I could just get one rand for everybody that comes and tells me. The Lord told me that this is my church. The Lord told me I must come and support you. I must come and serve you. This is where the Lord has placed me. And then they're just gone. They just disappear. And I go, um... Was God confused? Did God, what, what happened? Because it was like this holy moment where God told them this is their church. This is the place they must be. This is the place that carries the key to their freedom. And then I come and I put my finger on that issue that needs to be dealt with. I say, come on, next step now. You've been stuck there now. It's time to move there now. Shoop, suddenly God never said it. Suddenly it's gone. And Peter said, to them, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. He said to them that the rooster will not crow three times. Before you will deny me, God knows about our fall downs even before it happens. God knows about our challenges even before it happens. We will know that when Jesus was at his lowest, Peter denied him. When they stood around the fire, when they were busy um, taking Jesus to the cross, everybody asked, Don't you know this Jesus? don't you serve this Jesus? And Peter denied it three times. But when Jesus made breakfast for them on the beach, Peter was the one who ran to him. You see, even though he denied him, even though when it truly came down to it, he wasn't there for Jesus. When there was a moment to come back, he ran back to God. And then we know that in Acts 2, Peter got up, Standing up, verse 14 of Acts 2. He was standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you and heed my words, for they are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. The very famous sermon came through who? The one who denied Christ when it really counted. And he had a comeback moment. After him denying Christ, that changed his whole life. That changed the life of 3,000 people. 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord on that day. And he did many miracles and many things again afterwards. But I want to say that there is a comeback when you can stand up. Peter did two things after he denied Jesus. He jumped out of the boat and ran to Jesus and then When it came down and the people were saying, what is happening here? He got up. And some of us has to get up. And um, verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized that day. About 3,000 souls were added to them. You see, when you have a comeback, it affects others. It draws others with you. You can go from a place where you've denied Christ most of your life. But you know that there was a spirit that was stirring from early on. A spirit that was there even sometimes from before you were born. You had an encounter with God, but you got distracted. But God says, come back and let it be done. What a comeback. Not only did he turn around, but he turned many with him. That's to me the ultimate sign of a comeback is when you bring many with you. When your life truly changes, it's not for you only. It is for many. There will always be a comeback, and God knows about your comeback even before you mess up or drift away or before Satan attacks. God knows that you will go through sometimes wrong decisions. That actually takes the guilt of it away. Because you know that God says, I know that it's going to be tough sometimes. I know that there's going to be disappointments. I know there's going to be days that didn't work out the way you thought they were going to work out. But God is in control there. There will always be a grow back. Sometimes imperceptibly. Sometimes completely unknown to yourself. You feel far away from God. But God is busy working. Sometimes in your most difficult times. God is busy working. There will always be a Solomon or a Jediah, a man of peace, a beloved of God. You see, you can go through a total loss where you think, I just don't know how God is going to restore. But He has the next step planned already. He has your comeback planned and set up already. And today God is asking Is this your day for comeback? Are you a comeback kid? Are you going to make a reappearance? Are you going to follow through with that which God has put in your heart? Sometimes many years ago. Sometimes we might forget what God has said. We might forget even we weren't even there when he spoke the prophecy. Like Samson's prophecy came before he was born. But God's hand is upon fulfilling it and completing it, doing the whole work. God is not finished. This is not the end of your story. This is just the end of this chapter. We walk around on this premises and all you see is beautiful blossoms and little fruit about that side just beginning to form again. I invite all of you to just go look at the trees. I haven't seen a fig tree having little figs in many many years and i'm quite excited i just have to protect them from the birds but there's figs growing and it's just coming through and so god is growing in your life again something brand new amen we hope that you enjoyed today's message